Hi everyone and welcome to the Fitness Club. This is episode 90 for June 2017 and it's called Armchair Psychologizing. Excellent title. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fides Club. My name is Patrick Beja and today we're having a regular episode which means uh, we're getting people from different countries, different places in the world and we talk about the things that have been happening in the past month or so and hopefully we give everyone uh, a slightly different angles, views on uh, the, the news topics. That's what we endeavor to do anyway. Um, just a quick word before we start. There's a bunch of stuff that happened in um, Saudi Arabia. And I was really looking forward to hearing uh, Turkey's opinions on things. But unfortunately, he didn't feel well and uh, couldn't come on the show. So sadly, we won't. I know a lot of people were probably expecting to hear from him. But yeah, sorry, he's not here. Um, and we will forever have a dark curtain and box over what happened there in Saudi Arabia. But um, we still have a wonderful panel to talk about the things that are happening in the world. Uh, first... Wendy Dunford is here from Sweden. How's it going, Wendy? Hi, good. You Hello, are everybody. so you're representing Sweden and a little bit of America, right? Yeah, yeah. How how long have you been in Sweden now? You're Three almost years. not American anymore. I know. I forgot almost everything. No, I had <laughs> three years. Yeah. So uh, when do they take your wrong. your uh, passport back? <laughs> They are so generous. They'll just give me a Swedish passport if oh, I would stay here five years. So I, it's not nice. the other way around. It, they're, they're not America. <laughs> Wait, are, are you actually considering it? or? I don't know. We'll have to see. It, it, so you have to live here five years as sort of a registered um, resident. And uh, then you have the option to get citizenship, which is pretty wow. amazing. So yeah. you heard it here first. Uh, Wendy Dunford <laughs> quitting her uh, American uh, origins and roots and betraying her country. That's yeah, what you get when you, okay, have, okay. <laughs> when you have uh, bleeding heart liberals. And that's, <laughs> that's, you see the true colors. There you go. All right. That's thanks right. for being on the show, Wendy. Uh, thankfully, we have a real uh, red-blooded <laughs> American on the show to uh, balance out Wendy's uh, traitorship. And that's Owen, who's back on the show after a wonderful episode after the election of Donald Trump a few months ago. How's it going, sir? I think my blood's green. I don't think it really, <laughs> you know, I don't plan on uh, having my blood being shown to the world. So the oxygen's <laughs> not going to hit it. So the red blooded Americanizing of your statement is incorrect. But I'm still happy to be here uh, while we figure out what color my blood truly is that's the important thing that we want to know about um but yeah no thank you very much for being on uh, owen i'm very glad to uh be able to ask you a few questions uh about what's happening in your country and i'm sure the answers will be very interesting uh, yeah I'm hoping people, so anyway. my, my answers are always wrong but um <laughs> they're definitely they're definitely mine i cannot act as a, a speaking voice for everybody but they should think like me if they were smart yeah, safe. I, 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 I tend to agree. I, I usually <laughs> when I go about my day, when I, I'm faced with a question, I try to think, what would Owen do? And usually the answer that I get is the right one. So thank exactly. you for providing, is, providing us with that on the show as well. And finally, 
Marlene is back from the Netherlands uh, with the burning question. Not only uh, how's the, the heat wave going, but also <laughs> do you finally have a government? And uh, we'll have an answer to that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll have some answer to the question at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have answers to all of these. And um, <laughs> I'm going to be able to talk about the, the heat wave and the government question for France as well. And there's some shenanigans happening in Finland too. Like it seems like every political uh, uh, environment is being, I don't know, uh, uh, there's weird things happening everywhere. Um, but I guess the first thing we have to, to kind of talk about, it's the heat wave that's completely devastating Europe. And some people are saying, uh, you know, it's global warming. Some people are saying, no, that's normal variations. That That's not how you look at this. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it's basically what anyone can talk about on Twitter and anywhere else if you're in Central Europe. Thankfully, I uh, stayed true to my French roots, unlike others, and I cut and run and fled to <laughs> Finland where it's raining and depressingly cold. So I'm not suffering from that heat wave. But um, you were saying, Marlene, that you had to like uh, uh, get baths of ice basically to stay alive. <laughs> No, no, it's it's. I'm I'm really lucky. I have a really really uh, old house, um, but it's um it's a couple of floors. So the lower floor is super cool, which is awesome. And then we uh, but we sleep in like the top floor, and it gets really hot there. <laughs> Now, <laughs> the I mean, is... if if those are the biggest complaints, let's be honest, we're really lucky. <laughs> right, we're gonna get to other questions in a little bit, which are <laughs> yeah. gonna be more controversial. Um, but we don't have air. I, get, I was going to say hair conditioning. We yeah. have hair conditioning. We don't have air conditioning, which I'm sure the Americans would be really outraged about. If they Wait, were what? Yeah, we don't. <laughs> exactly. We, don't. we have old houses, man. Yeah. They... Okay. So you don't, you don't have window units or any? What? No, I, we don't. I'm, I've never seen a window unit that actually made me want to look at my own house. So, nope. Wow. It will probably <laughs> cost you about... $800 to get one sent to you freight, but for the love of Jiminy Christmas, if it's that hot, a window <laughs> unit would save your life. Like, real, you don't have air conditioning? I'd quit that country ASAP. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset. I'm, oh, as I'm, a black man and as an overweight person, I, I feel sad for you in my heart. I'm about to send you air conditioner right now. I I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I should have tol uh, told you one more thing about the Dutch. We love to complain. So let's, do, you know, we should have, it's all either too hot or it's too cold. That's just, that's how we do yeah, it. Yeah, but when it's too do cold, we have dying heat from heat so. stroke. Like, <laughs> you know, that's actually a big question because we have a lot of, you know, elderly people, as most yes. uh, countries do. And uh, last time it was 10 years ago, we had such a big heat, heat wave. And in France, it was a huge problem. Like a lot of elderly actually died because they weren't being cared for appropriately. Now, hopefully we took the steps to remedy that. But air conditioning or hair conditioning could help <laughs> in those cases. So um, oh, we have uh, uh, our national heat plan is currently active, um, which uh, basically boils down to quite literally, um, please take care of the people who are not super fit. Th yeah. That's that's what it means. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Keep an eye out. I know, you know. it's like stuff, but let me just tell you something. This is how important air conditioning is. I could teach you in five minutes how to make a portable from home air conditioning. You get a, a styrofoam cooler, you punch two holes in it, you fill it with ice, and then you put a fan 
on the top of it and it draws the evaporating air out, it'll cool a bedroom down to like 65 degrees in 20 minutes. Like, what is going on that you guys don't have air? I'm sorry. Well, Owen, Owen, there's a major problem. There's no styrofoam here and there's no ice. Also, there's no space. Do you have any idea how small old houses are in Europe? There's no space, Ani. It takes the size of a small suitcase. A small suitcase can cool your room for the night. You can breathe. I'm really upset about this. I don't know why we're talking about this. We need to All talk right. about this one now. This you is know ridiculous. What? I sense that Owen is getting a little bit emotional uh, about oh, all of this. So, so sad. I think we're going to move on to another uh, somewhat, you know, less important uh, story. But at the same time, I'm very curious to hear how uh, upset that will make Owen and possibly everyone. Um, last time we spoke on the show, uh, President Trump had just been elected. And uh, if I remember correctly... You were firmly in the camp of, I don't care for either of the candidates. I think they're both as bad as, you know, each other. And basically, I don't m really mind that Trump was elected because I think Clinton would have been just as bad. Is that a, a okay characterization of your uh, mindset at the time? Exacto mundo. It's like Godzilla right. and Mothra fighting in the city. Who cares? <laughs> they're both going to destroy the city. All right. So then my question now is, you know, one that I've been waiting a long time to ask, months, uh, after everything we've seen, after everything, you know, the, 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 it's a trivial example, but Trump going to play golf, like, on the taxpayer's dime for weekends on end after criticizing basically everything he does, you can find a tweet from the past five years where he vehemently criticizes everything and not to mention you know the healthcare bill that is being discussed in secret when they were criticizing this when the democrats were doing it like much more openly and the russian ties that we've seen and the nepotism that is rampant uh, although you know some people might claim that he's just getting people to run his administration like he would in his family business quote unquote all right a lot of things have been happening Without going over all of it, are you still in the same mindset? Do you still think things would have been just as bad with a Clinton presidency? Uh, I think you did go over it. Uh, I think you covered <laughs> everything. Um, and surprisingly enough for you, I will say I am very pleased with this administration. I am very pleased really? with Donald Trump in the United States of America. I still think that it still would have been the same if Hillary would have been the president, except for one caveat. One caveat is... She would have been more sneaky and savvy and not let you notice she was trying to destroy the world and take over everything and fill her <laughs> pockets and make her family an oligarchy, as opposed to the, doof the doofus that just does it openly and plainly and doesn't care. Let me just tell you something real quick about how great America is and how great our president is right now. So for a long time, people are okay with the status quo of government and how things work. And they think, oh, well, shucks. I know some people are oppressed. I know some places don't get funded. I know inner cities don't get this and equal justice. Well, when you have it so blatant and across the board where it affects every race and nationality and sex, uh, it makes everybody get off their butt and stop saying, oh, well, it's okay because now it's not okay for anybody. So now the country is quote-unquote woken up except for the people that slumber in the hills and mountains in Doofusville in the south. Everyone else is woken <laughs> up. They're going out to uh, uh, things politically and they're arguing about stuff. The town halls are getting shut down because Republicans are scared. I mean, it is a great day 
in America. I am so proud of 45 for uniting so many people together and getting them off their butt and angering them and showing them that, hey, yes, schools are important. So he's undercutting schools. Well, now you actually know what the school budget is. Now you actually pay attention to what the school budget is. You didn't know what it was for the last 10, 8, 12 years. But now you know and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, he's going to cut that in half? We didn't have nothing to begin with. So I am personally actually happy about the job that 45 has done to stir up the nation and uh, show everybody what's going on in politics. Because normally they hide behind a curtain and everybody thinks it's hunky-dory, and it's not. But he's so stupid, he does it in plain sight. So I'm grateful. So basically, okay, so you you're you would have been afraid that if Clinton had passed, it would have been business as usual, but now we're seeing all the mess. And so people... Do, but so do you feel that people are actually getting more active politically because some of the blunders that both of the parties would do are more visible with 45? I, I feel like calling him 45 I, I, has a I, sense I, I, of I, like he, he who, should not, who should not be named, but... Um. I'll, I'll, break it, I'll break it down really simply for you. Um, I have two friends, one that's 37. He has three children. He smokes weed every day. He does construction, smokes weed every day. I've known him since high school. I've never once heard him say a word about any president, any election, any vote, any budget, any bill. He's tagging me and stuff, calling me about stuff every other week. Did you know <laughs> that blah, blah, blah? Ever since Trump was elected, now, now all of a sudden he's informed. His kids are 10, 8, and 3. He hasn't given a crap about education, bills, budgets, nothing. Guess what? Now his pothead self knows about everything. I have another friend, exact same way. Dude, Dude's out here drinking. All he does is go to the bar and chase women. He's out here talking about, did you hear about the, uh, the, uh, the war budget, the school budget? I'm like, why are you talking about budgets? You should be talking about Hennessy. So that's how I know that this administration has woken up people that have been asleep for decades People with children that never gave a who and or Annie, and now they're paying attention. So, yeah. Okay. America. So, okay. America. <laughs> we were America. Right. We were joking before the sh we started recording that uh, basically the answer to everything is America. And it America. works. I think it works. No air conditioning. So America. <laughs> <laughs> so, before I go to, to Wendy, because I want to hear her thoughts about this as well, but what do you, what do you hope? will happen, you know, in the midterm elections and maybe in the next election because the, uh, you know, awakening to... And let's put aside, you know, some of the diehard supporters of uh, uh, the current administration. I say diehard because I think every poll shows that the support of President Trump is lower than any presidency has ever seen or very close to the lowest we've ever seen. So I think it's fair to say... They're not seeing a lot of confidence from the people. Uh, but let's put that aside, which could be a whole entire conversation by itself. Uh, let's put that aside for a second. What is your hope uh, that of, for what will happen in the next elections? Because if the, you know, if the Republicans, or, I'm sorry, if the Democrats are just as bad, or maybe it was just Clinton, um, what's the way out? So without Clinton, it's going to be easier for the Democrats to get the House and the, the Congress back. And that's the first step. Hopefully, you know, that all switches and we get power back there um, and then we can go forward. If that doesn't happen, then everything I just said is moot, because even though people are paying more attention, that means they're not going out to vote, because right now 
with his, uh, see what I'm saying? His approval rating is so low that even people who didn't care about politics don't like this guy now. People right. who never would have ever paid attention to it are like, yo, this isn't right. So right now we need to get um, the lower branches of government swaying back to Democratic side. I'm an independent. I really don't like any of them. Like even the people you end up liking are just scumbags and doing horrible deals. Like Cory Booker is like some savior of grace. And then he goes and says, oh, no cheap medication from Canada. We can't do that. We don't know if Canada's medicine is regulated. And we're like (laughs) – all come from the same factories and get shipped all over the world. What are you talking about? But again, he took a lot of money from pharmaceutical companies and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's rough to say who's going to do what, but we need Democrats because they're a little bit better than these uh, Looney Tune Republicans right now, for the most part. Okay. Wendy, what do you think about all of this and maybe your feelings on the after six months of the Trump presidency? Well, I... I totally agree with Owen. <laughs> like, really? I think, so, like, oh, yeah. are you actually thinking this is maybe the 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 hard, you know, hard but necessary wake up call to to the nation? Well, I, I I do think that Clinton would not have been able to do. First of all, to be honest, I think her gender would have created lots of fun things for a long time. I think similarly to Obama, I think, I think the vitriol towards him was not as simple as he talked like a professor. Right. I mean, it was a, it was a different, it had an impact that I I think was part of the boiling up to this moment. I think the same thing would have happened with Clinton. I think it would have kept going. And then I think we would have had a Trump after her, some version of that. Mm. So it feels like it was going to happen inevitably. And Trump is a symptom, not necessarily the thing that started any of this. So I agree with him that either side is not trustworthy. Both sides are compromised continually. Um, I think, you know, let's talk about campaign finance reform. We should have done that a hundred years ago. So we just, there's no way to pull all this apart and have it be the system. I think that we, it could be, that would be amazing. Um, Unfortunately. However, I have to say, It's really nice to live outside of America <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> and, it, and there's a reason. I, I, as I, I read a lot, I pay attention to what's happening. I have done this thing. I, I, I lean, I'm center, little to the left, but I have read Fox News every single day in addition to many other sources, and I am astounded. It's like watching Family Feud. It's he said, she said over and over and name-calling and Everybody's doing it. I mean, it just feels like it's a bunch of preschoolers fighting on a playground when you step back from it. And uh, obviously it has real life consequences and on some level it's terrifying, but yet it is really interesting. Now, is the system corrupt in and of itself? Is anyone who gets to be a president um, got to be pretty corrupt to be there in the first place? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, all of that is is a thing. Sorry, someone's. Phone is shooting off in How my dare in the they, I know, we're right? Doing the show. Come on, this is world peace we're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, but it really has been, and, and so I'm a psychologist. I don't know if you've ever announced that, but it is really fun to arm armchair psychologize. Psychologize. That's a word, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, if it's not, we'll make it one. It is. It's a word. Um, Trump from afar. Um, you know, it's interesting. I have more empathy for the guy than you would suspect. I think maybe because it's so public, this kind of mm. not knowing what he's doing and the game that is politics, the man does not know how to do. And 
Um, he's, I feel like he's kind of the crazy uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. That's just going to get on Twitter and ruin everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get a little it, drunk it and be, say everything wrong. The, the way we look at it, I think it, we would be, it would be funny or sad or both if he wasn't the president, you know, that's, yeah. I think, yeah. Right. Okay. Again, uh, okay. Just sorry to interrupt, but one, I, I like that someone who's a, a doctor is agreeing with me, a fake doctor. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, the biggest thing is the empathy thing. I don't feel sorry for a grown man that is basically a con artist. You, you every time you think he's a buffoon, think of the way that this man has failed up in his life. His things that he says are just distractions for dumb people to jump on board and go along with because they're dumb. And that's how he's failed. His book should have been called The Art of the Con. He is a con artist. He is a professional con artist. So even when you think he's making a mistake, really, he's helping himself out because even those blunders, all they do is muddy the waters. He says, oh, they have my phones tapped. Instead of investigating what actually was going on, people are reporting on his tweet and questioning uh, old FBI directors about a tweet. The man is a genius. Like, don't ever oh, no. feel any yeah, empathy no. for this man. Don't ever think, feel bad for this man. This man is a con artist who failed his way through life with his daddy's money and now is 45 in America this day and age. I don't feel bad for him. I mean, I wish I could be like him. Somebody give me a million dollars and let me start conning people. I tell you no, what, y'all I, have I, I, completely, I completely agree with you, but it is this, it's an interesting way. I didn't do this on purpose, but it's this thing I've done to manage the feeling that we have put into office someone who is unbelievably untrustworthy and dangerous. So it's my, it's my psychological, it's my response of like, and, (laughs) and everyone who knows him and is connected to him. And you know, when he undercuts everyone left and right, he claims something, he tweets the wrong thing. I mean, Sean Spicer, bless his little heart. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just my mom response, I think, more than anything. But I agree with you. It is. It's. I, it's so overwhelming to really think about. So I, I shut down and try to feel bad. Yeah. I guess. I think you know the the that's the big question ultimately, and I think we'll never have the answer. Is he really just a, a, a lucky and useful idiot? As you know, we we historically the term is is important and and contextualized here. It makes sense. So is he a, a lucky idiot and a useful idiot, or is he a genius? And it really can't be anything in the middle. It has to be one of the extremes, and I don't think we'll ever know. Um, both are honestly almost equally likely, um, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. Uh, you you um, can you can answer the question yourself. It's really easy. He he is. He, call him an idiot savant. He's a smart person in what he does. He knows marketing. He knows branding. He knows himself. He knows name. He knows value. He knows recognition. He tried to be a businessman on his own. He failed. So then he leveraged his name and his name popularity to continue doing business and have other people take on the brunt of the losses of his deals. So the guy is smart. The guy's a con man. He knows how to walk into a room. I don't know. And listen to what he wants. He gets gets on a stupid little TV show, and he says stupid little things, and people listen to him. He goes out and he says the birth certificate, birth certificate. Birth. You repeat things, and he's he's smart. He's smart at what he's smart at. Does he know how to budget a, a balance of a book? No. Does does he know how to read? Probably not. But he's smart, and he knows how to perpetuate a image of himself of power and control, and it has helped him throughout his life. Yeah. So that's the genius. 
All right, also, Marlene, I, anything? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was actually, in the end, um, for, like, as an outsider, I'm actually really not that interested if this is all intentional um, or is, if it's just, like, a mess that, you know, he happens to stumble into. In the end, the acts that he takes, the things he says, the damage that he does, the danger that he poses in in my view to um uh to to minorities but also to a feeling of we're in this together um it I, in the end it's i don't real, care where it comes from that it, the effects are real and even you know even uh no matter if he sits his full term even if he gets reelected, um whatever you know uh if we've seen anything in in holland with um uh, politics becoming more uh, going more to the right and going more extreme. In the end, if the person goes away, the conversation is still shifted, and that stays, and that's really dangerous. So I'm yeah. not so sure if if the cause is is that important, if the effects are real anyway. Well, isn't it if we can all see him as a clown, it, it reduces some of that? Because I agree with you completely that that. That is the real danger. And to be an American outside of America and have to answer over and over and over again for what have my people done, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it, you, you get really good at saying, you know, he's insane. He's insane. He's uprooting the system. And, you know, there's people who politics usual. They'd like to see it differently. I'm, I'm trying to justify how we could have gotten to this place. And and yet I recognize one of the great American exports is culture is information is every Swedish kid can speak perfect American accented English from YouTube and playing Minecraft. So, so that you're absolutely right. That impact is real. It's, but there's a part of me that wants us all to just see him as a clown because it, I mean, aren't we used to dictators being a guy who, you know, a narcissist who can't get enough power and, and we can see them as the core, not all 325 million Americans. But when I talk to Swedes, they're pretty sure half of America has lost its mind. So Can I, th this Bre is Brexit? Anybody Brexit? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that here's the thing about Brexit. The young people voted the next time around. Like, that's the thing that at least England is attempting to pull off is mm. it woke them up a little. I don't know. It's and that's like, what I was well, saying about yeah, America. That's what the people saying, up. Yeah. But yeah. Wendy, I have a feeling um, I ha I understand. I understand what you're saying. But I'm afraid that the whole that the idea of us saying uh, or your feeling like I and I'm 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 sorry if I'm crossing a line. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But the feeling as a white woman to say, c c can't you please understand that he does not represent all Americans? It's a really really big luxury to feel that only now. Because there are so many minorities who are constantly addressed by actions of individuals. And we, you know, they are, they are being called out as groups all the time. And I understand and it's, it's really difficult because it's still unfair. I, it's incredibly unfair. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. But I think that, um, that for us, it's a really big luxury 
to be only now confronted by that notion that it's so unfair that we're oh absolutely which i think uh, and i agree with you completely it it does it, it comes from a place of total privilege i have a, a good friend here who's a refugee from syria who told me from the minute trump entered that race that he would win and i kept yeah. saying he's no way no way no way we talked about it over and over and over and when he won he said Yeah, sorry, but I knew it. And I said, "How do you know it?" He's like, "Because people secretly hold certain beliefs and feelings." And that's the thing that is I mean, if if white people are going to wake up and or or any dominant group wakes up, mm-hmm. sometimes they have to be threatened, maybe for the first time. So so you can ask somebody who's, you know, lived in America a long time and said, "Well, this doesn't surprise me at all." But for the sort of liberal tree hugging white side of things, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, "How is the yeah. world not PC? Because it's supposed to be." So yeah, that that's has certainly its that's certainly invaluable. how I felt as well. But yeah. I feel you know we do have a, a black man on the panel, so maybe we could ask yeah. him as well so how he feels. And I that's think what I meant when you were you're not yeah. crossing the line when you were saying that you're a woman and and you know. So here's the thing: being black, especially in America, is a very convoluted, uh, crappy situation. So mm-hmm. do I care about how bad education is? No. Do I care about, honestly, people in Syria and other countries dying? No. Do I think that this president is going to be so bad for the world? No. Because I lived through Bush. I traveled around the world and people asked me the same questions. How could you go with that idiot? He's just ruining everything. You don't think Guess it's what? worse, though? He star- listen, listen, listen. Just think about it from a standpoint of we started false wars that have killed millions of people that have tumbled into other wars and a quote unquote good president extending and expanding those wars. And then we don't want to take care of those people because we're just going there blowing up places. So is it worse? I don't know. President number 45 hasn't started a new war yet. Killing a whole bunch of people isn't on his docket just yet. I mean, we have Syria going on, but I mean, on his docket, he hasn't started a new war yet. So when we give uh, this record of Oh, he's just the worst thing for everything. Well, we had some pretty cool guys out here killing and dropping bombs day after day after day. For what reason? Expansion, oil, money, corruption. It, it, it goes on and on. So like I said, the fact that there's a moron in the house who can't hide his agenda helps people that are commonplace understand the corruption. Because when you sit there and you say, oh, well, we got to go save Timothy in this far-off land, but then you don't care about all the kids getting killed and slaughtered in Africa, well, why not? Because we're not drilling oil in Africa? Like, I don't understand what's going on. So uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. But mm-hmm. this president is not the beginning and the end all of minorities for women or anybody being mistreated. I didn't get no Obama prize in the mail. Dude was in there for eight years. <laughs> Chicago had the murderous rate above any murders for capital. His his city couldn't stop people from killing. Oh, the highest murder rate for the last four years of his presidency of the whole country was in his city. You know what you do, Mr. President? You go take your freaking army of people that watch you. Go drive through Chicago for three days and, and shut the whole city down and save some lives. That's what you do. But you know, we sit there. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't do anything about it. So I feels like the same as a minority i feel like no matter who the president is he doesn't run anything he's a puppet so basically what you're saying is this we as white people look at this and me as a white man um especially maybe we look at this and we're like oh my god this is so horrible but it's only because we're seeing it now when the mm-hmm. minorities you know in the case of the other two panelists the women And in your case, so when the, the, the black people or the colored people in more widely were like, well, yeah, 
It's been like that for, forever. So I'll, welcome I'll, to I'm the party, say, basically. I'm going to say one more thing, and I'll be quiet, Larry, but I'll talk for a second. It's the, the general example I give people is watch any zombie apocalypse movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> all these white people survive. And I'm sorry, this is going to sound crazy, but white people aren't going to make it. If there's an apocalypse, white people are generally the weaker of the genetics, just by genetics. Black people are bigger, stronger, faster. But you know who's really going to make it? Uh, Latinos, Spanish people, Mexicans, they're going to make it. They're the ones out here working in 800-degree weather laughing at me about <laughs> air conditioning. They're the ones that are going to survive on nothing to eat because they snuck over here in a barrel for three weeks <laughs> with some coyote. Like, white people just aren't going to make it. Their sensitivity is too high, they're too soft, and they're too privileged. So if something crazy goes down, white people can't make it. Spanish people, black people, people being deported. I don't know, Obama man. You were the more one people com- in history. You were the one complaining about air, air conditioning we are <laughs> enduring the heat we wave here in europe okay? that is true. it's not it's not 100 science i'm just saying in general 90 <laughs> percent of the white people ain't gonna make it like on these movies and shows it might be 80 percent uh latino and like 10 percent black like five percent white so i'm saying my All right, stat I, I, not, i'm not running nowhere <laughs> i i have to admit that I, I personally even though i can probably endure the heat wave i i would collapse after running like 15 meters and the zombies <laughs> would eat me first so in uh, fact, actually, I think our prayers have been heard. It started. Uh, there's thunder going outside now, so uh, we we we're cooling off just a little. Excellent, fantastic. <laughs> the 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 prayers of the Phileas Club have been heard. Um, <laughs> all right, so thank you guys for for this. Uh, uh, panorama uh, picture uh, honestly it's not exactly what i was expecting the reaction to be but it's uh, it's a very interesting take on the first six months um i i want to talk about the french election for a little bit because it is now basically over we've had the parliamentary election uh and a few days ago and uh if you guys remember so i'm gonna summarize i'm not gonna go over all the details but really one way to look at what happened in the french elections with this new guy who came out of nowhere and because of uh, corruption scandals and the number of that other factors uh, managed to uh, become president and now has had a majority in the parliament, again, with his party that didn't exist like six months ago for all intents and purposes. Uh, that is cataclysmic for the the French political landscape. Uh, we were expecting him to have to form an alliance with other parties in order to be able to govern. But surprisingly, he got a majority, not as large as some people had predicted initially, but still an absolute majority in the parliament, which was very surprising. Um, and one thing that's really interesting, I think, in the way to look at it is, I think that guy is uh, our Donald Trump in a way, meaning uh, you know, he's maybe the, the good side of Donald Trump, the other, the, the flip side of the coin, um, because he's really a guy that came out of nowhere and that was the catalyst for people who were tired of the old system and of the old uh, uh, habits, some of them morally uh, uh, ambiguous. And we managed to 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 sort of focus our energy and anger on him to get him in power instead of having um you know the old guard uh, still being here and in the parliament uh the 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 old parties are basically almost non-existent i guess 
we have 577 seats, I think. Uh, the Republicans have a little over 100. And after that, you have the uh, Socialist Party that has like 30 or 40. And after that, it's in the teens. So, and, and the, the En Marche, the Onwards, has um, 320, which is the, the majority is at 280 or something like that. So it's, it's like they dominate now. And th there are two elements to this. One, he was saying, we need to end the polarization of our political discourse. You can't keep criticizing an idea if it's come from the other side, like not just criticize it, but admonish it just because it comes from the other side. That was a very strong message that he was conveying. And the other one was, we need to end the, not even, it's not even really about corruption. It's more about abusing the system for political figures. And a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, you need to have a clean break and you need to have everything clean now. Um, and my thinking was you have to, it, it's uh, uh, idealistic. You need to do the, this in steps. And his, uh, there were three ministers from his government that were kind of not even indicted, but uh, uh, there, there was another a, a study uh, investigation open on them. Uh, and we didn't know if they were even guilty. Like there are obviously steps, you know, you open an investigation and then you indict someone and then there's a judgment. And once the judgment has been set, you know if they're guilty or not. So we are a few steps removed. And the rule was for the government that if you're indicted, you can't stay in power. And that was kind of a strict rule they had established. But the three ministers out of 30, I think, um, that were involved in issues, and the issues, just so you understand, are uh, having parliamentary, uh, parliamentary aides being paid by the parliament to work on the, their parties. Uh, affairs. So it's not as bad as what happened with the Republican candidate in the um, elections, in the presidential election, where he was having someone, his wife, namely, and others, uh, paid by the parliament or other functions to do nothing. So it was fake jobs. In this case, it's misappropriation of funds, which is obviously uh, bad as well, uh, but it's still in the investigation process. And uh, three of his ministers that were involved in those investigations have been changed after the parliamentary elections, and they've been taken out of the government. And this is uh, a pretty strong signal that I think even his opposition was not expecting to go as, as fast. Um, of course, there are still questions in the parliamentary elections. The abstention was really high, higher than we usually have. So there are questions of legitimacy of his action and a bunch of things like that. But the fact that he put out uh, the, those ministers that were being investigated, not even, even indicted, including some of his biggest support during the uh, presidential election, is, to me, a pretty strong signal that he's serious about this uh, uh making things more moral. And even more than this, I think the murdering politically of the Republican uh, president, the, I'm sorry, the Republican candidate, because of the uh, scandals that he was involved in and what's happening now uh, with those, uh, uh, those demotions is 
signaling a gradual change in the French political system, which is bringing us closer to what we're seeing in the north, north of Europe. You know, Nordic countries have very strict uh, uh, intolerance for these kinds of scandals. And in the south of Europe, it's a little bit less fluid, let's say. And France has always been on, in the middle, and we're not really sure exactly what we want to be. And here... You know, time and time again, over the past 20 or 30 years, I've seen France make the right choice in these things. And we're still a very messy country when you look at more Germanic countries. But I'm I'm a little bit biased because I think that the, the answer that this party is giving are the right answers. We'll have to see in the, over the next two years what happens with the um, with the with their actual policies and actions to see what happens. Um, but I still think that this is encouraging and we're going the right direction slowly, but in the right direction. So, and I'm surprised because a few months ago, I didn't think that's how things were going to go. I was very, very worried. Um, so yeah, that's the main thing that has been happening in France. I'm wondering if, if you guys have, uh, heard a little bit about this and about Macron and the Macron mania, uh, overtaking the country. Um, I have to say Thank you, France. <laughs> I was so I I mean, that was the wake up to the news morning where I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That it wasn't Penn. That it was, I mean, to me, that's that's the fear I have of sort of the the candidate winning that that conjure up conjures up sort of the support that hasn't been voters before or they feel slighted and, you know, outright or whatever that may be. Um, and emboldens them, and it felt like France was like, "No, we're 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 still." <laughs> I don't know. So thanks. That's all I have to say. Well, well was that a sentiment that was echoed in uh, in Sweden, or how was it reported on in Sweden? Was it you know, oh, he's young and somewhat handsome? Oh yeah, we love our young and handsome. But I I think <laughs> it's it's his sort of where he is politically that matters more to Swedes, of course, and, and just fellow Europeans being how they would see as sane. Because Brexit seems insane. And <laughs> um, I mean, I remember when Trump won the next morning, every newscaster, I mean, as you listen to them on the radio, it's it, it you could hear their mouths were just open, like yeah. what <laughs> just happened? And, you know, the, the prime minister of Sweden, his statement was, well, we'll continue to work with America. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do our best. So I feel like that, you know, th they saw the Fran French election, a similar referendum, similar to the one in Holland. And, and obviously Brexit has kind of gone a different way, but it frightens them. Of course, they, mm. they feel pretty, and they're a little country with, I mean, a lot of land, but Not a lot of power, so it, it's it's a relief. I think a lot of the smaller countries are very worried about what's happening, to, what would, and I guess still could happen to Europe. Uh, but we're a little bit reassured now with the French-German axis being well. Maybe axis is a wrong choice of word, but um, the, being strengthened with this uh, very pro-Europe Macron being elected. Um, but um, yeah, Marlene, you're in a difficult situation in your country how did how did the news of the french i mean now it's done it's been the presidential election we always need to wait for the parliamentary election but now it's done yeah. and we have a solid government in place um how was that received in the context of your embroiled i think government? yeah I, i think very um 
Uh, I think very similarly to uh, what uh, Wendy described, I think um, uh, the Netherlands was one of the founding, like at the core of European integration. We started with Belgium and Luxembourg. Uh, and from there, like it sort of expanded. So I think um, um, like traditionally the Dutch really considered themselves to be part of the of, of like the founding idea of a, a united Europe. Uh, so, and indeed, uh, the same uh, <laughs> sentiment here. Brexit is completely crazy. There was no plan. There was no need for the referendum and, and all of that. <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think, I think many, uh, like, uh, people who are part of, um, uh, of, of, of like of politics really felt betrayed by even by just running the risk in the UK uh, with uh, with the referendum. Um, so, yeah, I, I've already seen a couple of, of, of news headlines. Um, uh, we are a, a, na a nation of traders, after all. We've always been a small country, but with like big airports, big uh, 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 waterways. So the first uh, headlines are uh, how the Dutch can sort of strengthen their position to partner with the French and the Germans. Because, <laughs> you know, we're a tiny country and we, we, oh, we love to be acknowledged. So <laughs> <laughs> as most, so I, yeah, most yeah, countries. So that's I mean. really, um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, one of the things that I was wondering that it just, it, it just struck me uh, just now, it might be, um, Lightning kiss is really starting to uh, open up uh, uh, around here. Um, so let me know if there's any trouble with the um, sounds. No, it's fine. Um, but otherwise, am I right in understanding that uh, Macron's party is maybe socially a little more left of center, but otherwise still rather middle of the road and economically as well? Or am well, I really something stupid no i think you know i think it still remains to be seen um his government is composed of people from the left and from the right uh and that's something that both the left and the right are decrying because they've been in those you know opposition yeah. postures for so long um i think if you ask anyone outside of france they would say he's a social democrat maybe a little bit to the right on the economic side because he's very much He's almost a caricature of a startup enthusiast. He wants to make <laughs> France a startup nation. And he's like, yeah. yes, technology. And like, you know, he had this make our planet great again speech where he's actually following up with actions. He created a tech visa, four-year tech visa for people who want to come to France and work in the tech industry. He's really trying to push that um, aspect of the economy, which... Uh, again, you know, I think a lot of people might say I'm very mindful of the opposition uh, when I'm speaking about this, of the opposition in France, who mm -hmm. would say, yeah, but, you know, he's a rich white dude and he's trying to solve every problem with uh, uh, not a checkbook, but like, yay, we're going to have tech fun for this and unicorns fun for that. and yeah and and yeah. at the same time, he's trying to reduce a little bit of the taxes and these kinds of things. So I think. Anywhere around the world, he would be looked at uh, as a social democrat, more or less. In France, he's looked at as right of center, I think. Okay. I think. But okay. we still have to wait, you know, for his actual policies to be put in place. Um, 
Because what I'm what I'm really struck by is that um, because uh, uh, like part of um, of the discussion of the French election in Holland was uh, I'm sorry in the Netherlands <laughs> I'm trying to get it right this time uh, in my country um, <laughs> that's easier yeah <laughs> yeah it's easier uh, was definitely uh, see uh, we held back uh, the far right uh, as did France. But I think mm. that if you look at the outcomes, uh, and also if you uh, same, I think with the with with the um, snap election in the UK, the feeling, see, we held back to the extremes. But if you look, I think, uh, uh, indeed, we still don't have a government. One of the reasons for that um, is that um, there is basically no political center anymore. People have either moved to the right or the far right, or to the left or the far left. But there is basically. Uh, there's no sort of uh, a middle of the road center political party left anymore, which is also which is why these coalition talks in, in Holland in in my country are <laughs> are taking so incredibly um, long. Um, if you look, I think if you look, um, uh, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I th no, I think. Yeah, well, I think in the in the UK it's something similar. Like the the center has has lost a lot. Mm. But if I understand it correctly, it's that is completely different in France because you well, know the new party has like an absolute majority. That's basically the 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 platform he ran on. He was yeah. and and that's what we why he sort of saved the day. I think for us because we were going the same route as the rest of the world, basically. Yeah more polarization, more uh, on principle criticizing of the other side, no matter what they say. And he stood there and because of everything that happened, uh, you know, he stood there and he was saying in more polite terms, stop this madness. This is yeah. moronic. Um, and he got, he could, because of the other people falling like flies, he could get his message heard and the French people responded very strongly uh, to this. So I think we got lucky and took advantage of that luck. And, um, and, and we're, I, I'm hoping that we can show the way. I'm, first of all, I'm hoping he succeeds, which is not a given. Mm -hmm. He might fall flat on his face. Um, but I hope the first thing he needs to do is get some proportional representation in the parliament. Because yeah. currently we don't see the, the the extremes are represented very very little. Um, the far right has like eight seats. The far left has seventeen, and that's not okay. We need to have them because they represent you know whatever fifteen twenty percent of the population. They should yeah. be represented more, um, even if it's ten percent. You know, uh, so that's a, an important thing that a lot of people have been talking about for decades and that they haven't done but the second thing is obviously to get uh, unemployment lower and the economy back back and if he manages mm -hmm. to do that then we can see that that approach works um, if it doesn't work then i fear we'll go back to polarization and it might not create the beacon of hope that we would like to see for europe that you know yeah. the center can work but um I, yeah. I did want to ask, well, uh, Owen, well, have you heard about this guy at all in the U.S., or is it squarely focused on 45? So let me tell you two things. First, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> without us doing what we did, again, like I said, people realize that crazy stuff's going on. 
And in certain places, luckily for you, France is small, and uh, there's a lot of diversity in. If France is small, what are we? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's all it's all a matter of of perspective. We, I would say, yes, the small countries love being noticed, but on the stage of you know uh, the U.S., China, and Russia, when we someone talks to us, we're like, yay! Someone talked to France. So yeah, it's all relative. But sorry, Owen, keep going. Sorry, Owen. If you don't, if you don't have a major iconic city that's in movies, and people will never know about you. So they. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. In that case, we are a big country, and yeah. we have Amsterdam. You have pot, so that yeah. that is you know your owners that don't do anything but sit on the couch and smoke weed. It's not the same. <laughs> anyway, again, you're welcome because you know that's why it's funny. Like here when like. Kanye West is like, oh, I'm going to run for president in 2020, and people laughed. And they're like, oh, wow, if Trump could be president, anybody could do it. So um, that's the first thing. Secondly, oh, is Kanye going to run? Is Kanye going to run for president? No, I hope a wrestler named The Rock. Uh, oh. Johnson, oh, The Rock. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah, vote yeah. for him. The Rock runs. He's going to win. Um, but uh, you know what the first article I saw about the French guy? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost positive this is him. Did he marry his old teacher or something? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That was the first article I ever read on this dude. <laughs> that was the article. I'm saying like, oh, so he's depressed. Like, oh, but wait, he married. So you told me his he married an old woman in his romance story and how she's still hot and he's hot, but he married an older woman. And that's what I'm reading. That's the first thing I read. That's the first thing I saw about the dude. That's uh, how America cares. And that's how we got 45 and America, America, well, America. to be be fair i think a few people cared about the fact that he married his old uh teacher but there were almost immediately anytime anyone mentions this well the fact that he was she was his teacher makes it a little bit weird uh but at the same time a lot of people go like well if you know a a man had a woman uh was married i mean if the man was much older and the woman was much younger no one would care so there's some you know, realization uh, of that double standard. Teacher thing there. is what made it happen, and the fact that, like, yeah. you know, uh, he, he weighed around. It, it, the way they made it sound it was like a creepy love story, and made older women feel good that they could still get a young Thundercat to love them. <laughs> That's the way it was portrayed. There's a um, little bit of that. I, I won't lie. There is a little bit of that. Yeah. As opposed to the usual older man is out there luring with. Uh, money to get the younger woman. So, it's you know, it's a whole to-do. But that was the first thing I read about the guy. And then I looked into <laughs> it a little bit afterwards. And uh, he seems like a cool dude. Seems like a yeah. cool cat. Doing things differently. And uh, I wouldn't mind having him uh, uh, run stuff over here. Someone like him. He reminds me of uh, a dude that's running Canada. Trudeau, Trudeau, whatever his name is. Yeah, Trudeau, yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, there's, there's apparently <laughs> some um, romantic fan fiction uh, between the two, Trudeau and uh, Macron, <laughs> <laughs> happening. Of course, there is amazing <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> oh, well, that, uh, it's not just not that that has anything to do with it, but like, so when you look at there was an article I read. And again, it's stupid that politics even comes down to this anymore. But like how the rest of the world is getting sexier and younger or whatever, and then they just put Trump next to other leaders and they're all cringe <laughs> next to him. It is the most amusing thing because like he just. Even in the most powerful position, the fact that you could turn people off that quickly, that they can't even respect you. Because most of the time, even if they don't like you, they still have to respect the position. People look at him like they either want to run away or stab him repeatedly. There's no (laughs) other 
adoration thrown his way from anyone except for maybe England. <laughs> <laughs> well, as as someone said, I think it was Wendy or Marlene, sorry, but the the UK election has gone you know what people have been talking about now it's the queen's hat which was basically a mini uh european flag and that was that made a lot of noise rightfully so i think it's basically the the biggest way that the queen could say anything about this is this wearing this hat which um is is a very strong statement for that of course it doesn't really matter but it matters in the symbolic sense. But. Well, Yay, but, I, but I think in that case it does matter because I think um, I think in the UK it is incredibly not done for the Queen to have like any like noticeable political views. Of course, yeah. So, so in that case, it actually is a big deal. That she this, still did. because for people who I don't didn't think know, it's going to have an impact. Blue I hat. Think is, no, yeah. no, no. But I, but this, I think that she like ran the risk of even like all these this talks about because I've seen that headline in Dutch newspapers too. Mm-hmm. She, has, she, she she had a she blue have, hat with yellow flowers that looked su- suspiciously like like the yellow stars on the blue uh, flag that that's the EU flag. Yeah. So it was, Does she it was have really, any power? No. Well, so it's symbolic. It it's symbolic. It's she, symbolic. She's a symbolic figure of someone who has no power whatsoever. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even know why you still even have a queen. I don't know why it matters. It's like throwing a uh, parade for your dog and celebrating your dog's birthday. Like, oh, yeah, the dog's a part of the family. Well, no, it's not. It's just your dog and treat it as such. Because the fact that she wore a hat, whoopty flippity do. So you wore a hat to signify to what? People that already went and voted a certain way and then changed. Ow, ooh, the queen stuff drives me crazy. That whole thing just needs to get done because it doesn't mean anything. What, are you going to rally the troops? You can't say anything. If you're not politically empowered to do anything, then just open your mouth and say, this isn't the way I feel the country should be run. That's how you inspire people, not wearing a, a know- yellow hat with orange flowers in it. <laughs> like, ugh, the queen, the queen. No, but, but I'm sorry. But, but look, at, look at Trump. Look at how successful he, he is with using symbols. Uh, it, it's the same thing. There, you know, the, but he the has power. He, has he, power. he does. He does now. But there are plenty of like um, there are plenty of people who people have always used symbols to express things when they were in the, when they when they didn't have any political power to change. Uh, and sometimes it, it's not about changing. I mean, I, I don't think it's a big deal that it's going to change something. But I think it was significant because it's, yeah. I mean, she's been sitting on that throne for a really long time, like really long time. And it's doing like, what? Well, yeah, well, she's I mean, sitting there being the queen. But then if like oh, in this entire time, if she actually picked this moment to at least make some sort of a, uh, like some a little statement, I, th- I thought it at least interesting that it like, yeah. that it, I think, that it you know, it's, it. it's. Uh, you know, we could get into a whole other episode, and maybe we should one day about the 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 uh, royalty in the UK. That would be an interesting one. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it was noticed. At least we can agree on that, and it was reported on. So, um, um all right, That's let's just move my on. America against going against uh, kings and queens. That's all. We're over the pond over here. We don't we don't run that kind of stuff anymore. You know, we fought for that. So that's just, that's just my inner American coming out. Well, you know, we we're not too fond of royalty here in France either. Last time it didn't go too well for them. So uh, <laughs> I think we kind of can share that uh, that characteristic. Um, 
All right. They, they were almost done in the Netherlands, and then our crown prince married a, a beautiful Argentinian woman, and then suddenly everybody's totally okay with the monarchy again. Well, you know, you know in, in, in Sweden, they have, they have a, a, a royal family as well, and everyone loves them, right? Yeah, they do. Partly because they are... I mean, I, don't, I think people could complain about the money that gets wasted, but um, mm. these are folks that are, you know, ride their kids in their bucket bikes to school and <laughs> yeah. go to regular... I mean, they're pretty low-key. Yeah. So it's yeah. not exactly the same kind of royal no. family. Right? No, I mean, I think most people in, in, in the Netherlands also like sort of, uh, sort of like don't feel they don't want like sort of it's been discussed should our monarchy be like completely symbolic like like in the uk and everybody's like nah if it's if it's that bad then just ditch it <laughs> i can't i can't imagine the money that they spend on the queen and the prince and all that stuff in england and then the prime minister lives in this little row home house like i can't it's just so weird to me that she sits in this cave of money and power and gold and they just pamper her and just hang out and does whatever she wants and fly her all over the, the world um, it's you should watch the, the the crown show on netflix it's pretty good i'll check it out um <laughs> all right wendy what's been happening in sweden okay well i have picked a story that might not be the newest of stories but i i have a i have a microphone suddenly and i'm gonna talk about it um, sure go nuts so Maybe all of you have heard this, that Sweden has the highest um, incidences of rape in the world. In Sweden? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard this? Yes. Yes. No. I had oh. no idea. I'll tell you why American has heard it, because <laughs> Americans love this crap. They, um, it's, it was written somewhere that internationally all the newspaper were like, what? Sweden's the rape capital of the world. And then it fits into so many narratives of, Sweden has also taken in all these refugees, and of course, it's their fault. Oh, because uh, it's because let me let me guess. It's because of what they consider rape. I'm guessing. But well, sorry, I'll get to, I'll get to yes. that. I'll get to that because there's a, a number of factors. But okay. I'll, I'll tell you a personal experience. So I am working with a client who lives in the United States. We're talking, and she's planning a trip to Scandinavia with a bunch of friends. They're all singles in their mid twenties, early thirties, and she says. My friend refuses to go to Stockholm. She, we've canceled that part of the trip because she read this article about the incidences of rape. And I said, um, I literally don't know of a safer place on earth than Sweden. I don't know of, of any. So go outside your door. You're in more risk of being raped right then than you are in going to Stockholm. And it's because, again, how news is portrayed, and this may be a whole other discussion, of how fake news sort of... Yeah, fake news or, or how it, it's reported, the way it leaves out a lot of things or, or it's contextual with, within a culture. So I've had many, many people ask me to verify what they've read because they know we live here. We brought our kids here. We're happy here that, you know, I, I talk about how safe it is. It's amazing. I don't have to lock anything. And it's very confusing to them. Like, wait, but I heard this. So I found this great article. It's kind of recent. Someone explaining some of this. So what was your first guess there? You said, Patrick? Oh, I, I, I know that uh, some things are considered rape that I don't think would be considered rape in other countries. But Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so the numbers, I'll give you the numbers first. So um, the, the evidence, the claims suggest that it's about 63 reported rape incidents per 100,000 citizens. 
in Sweden compared to 27.3 out of 100 in the U.S. and 27.9 out of 100,000 in Belgium. Um, okay, so the difference is, and it's really interesting because once you live somewhere and get a good sense of the culture, um, first of all, women are very much empowered in Sweden, um, very much encouraged to speak out against this type of thing. So reporting um, is, is an interesting thing. They report an incident, the police believe them, and then it's pursued, which is a very different experience sometimes in the United States. Uh, women are not necessarily uh, treated super well once they've reported a rape. We have a lot of evidence of rape kits being done in the United States that sit in storage for years and years and are never processed. A rape kit is when you're raped, that you go to the emergency room and they swab samples from your whole body. It's very traumatizing. Um, and then they've never sort of been prosecuted. We have lots of, there's a lot of baggage with that in the United States and it's, it's a challenge. In Sweden, not so much. People will, there's more of an emphasis on you need to report. Um, this is the safe way to do it. There's a lot of uh, maybe just generally more women um, empowered to sort of use their voices here. So there's that piece, but then there's also what, like you said, something that would be called sort of just sexual harassment or some type of physical assault that doesn't result in technically rape, but is sexually motivated or is violent is also considered one of those numbers. So you're right. That's because they count everything towards that number. So could you give us an example of what would be considered, you know, included in the number of rapes that would not, people in other countries would not think so? Um, so aggravated assault in the United States might be someone has a weapon and they're threatening um, to harm someone and, and they didn't necessarily complete a rape or get, you know, and they're apprehended or someone comes along and breaks it up and, how that may be reported as an aggravated assault. That number would go into a different category than a rape. So if the rape was completed, that would maybe count as a rape in the United States. In Sweden, that counts as a sexual assault slash rape. So that goes into the number that where we get that 63. So to, to, get, to get a little bit graphic, but just so that we understand, if there's no, even if there's no actual penetration, the aggression with the intent of rape, is considered sexual assault, which would be counted in the rape statistics. Is that yes. correct? Okay. So there's a thing that happened sort of a little bit too much last summer at open air concerts and, you know, big sort of group um, gatherings for festivals and different things where women would be groped or after a woman was drunk, you know, someone would mess with her. And the, if any of those are reported, that goes into the, these numbers. They're They're very proactive about keeping track and, you know, sort of marking everything down and having it all. So, so the numbers look really bad when you count all of those things. But here's the other thing I found really interesting as I researched this a little bit is that, so let's take an example of a partner raping their spouse. And let's say it's two weeks, they rape the person every single day. Um, the victim goes in and reports this to the police that would count as 14 incidences in the Swedish numbers. That will count as potentially one instance in the way other countries record this. So it's one of those things about um, news and how we report things and, you know, the power of not going deep <laughs> is that we simply think, oh, I can't go to Sweden. I'm going to get raped. Well, not true at all. In fact, you have so much more power here to... Um, protect yourself if something does occur because of the way the system is set up. So it's, it's interesting. And I've found that I've had to 
perpetually teach people this. So I thought, okay, Patrick, this isn't the thing I'm going to talk about. So sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you know what your, you know what Sweden's crime is? Yeah. Sweden's crime yes. is freedom and peace and energy and, <laughs> and solar and, 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 and doing things that are proactive. You know, if you would just keep your mouth shut and go along with the status quo and maybe cut down on the wind and the solar and the, the uh, uh, social giveaways, you know, the peace and the love and the happiness. If maybe somebody had a gun pop off every once in a while, we would respect you. But if not, we have to slander you and yeah. make you look bad. I, I've had very competent people telling me about Sweden and how bad Sweden is. Oh, and look at the numbers. And what you just said is all factually true. And in my brain, I instantly processed it when I read the article and people told it to me so much so that I said, you're stupid. I'd send my child who's 10 and a girl walking through Sweden, but naked before I sent her through LA with an armed guard squad. Like you don't understand like the things that people think in their mind, like just because you read something, it doesn't tell the whole story. Cause my thing was, well, where are the statistics versus other countries? Because the ones that they were in the articles were so generalized that okay, well, the first thing I thought was, well, what, what what's considered rape? What, what are you know the things you broke down are things that weren't even qualified in any of the, like three articles I remember reading when people were just on this frenzy of oh yeah they they like solar and and, and they don't want to clean up the earth mm-hmm. but they can't stop their citizens from being raped and I'm like whoa right. what Sweden what <laughs> no I think yeah so, but it, it's it's definitely. A, a, an issue of reporting and of I think it's an issue of news media that we Slander. I don't know that is getting that is getting solved uh, as bad as things are I don't know that it's getting solved in the in the U.S. or anywhere but um, I mean we keep fighting the good fight but um well, it's, one the last thing can I say yeah. is that with regards to the you know massive influx of refugees in two thousand. 15 as the sexual assault rate went down that year. And, and I think sometimes the narrative, I think this is just human nature. I believe something. You tell me some other fact that doesn't jive with what I already believe. I have cognitive dissonance all of a sudden, and I got to rectify that. I either have to open myself up to learn more, or I'm going to double down and just be like, whatever, you're full of it. You're fake news or you're, you know, there's a way to discount that so I can go back to feeling comfortable with what I think I already believe. Um, and that's, this is you know, pretty human and it's, it's hard and we hit it all the time. And news is one of those things that I think creates this quite a bit. I think the solution is for everyone to listen to this show, but you know, I'm biased, <laughs> but you know, I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit more, um, but I'm going to attack it from a slightly different angle because I think you broke it down you know, pretty much as as much as need, it needed to, to be. Um, I don't know exactly what the situation is in France, but there is one thing that was interesting that happened in the past few weeks, which was the release of the Wonder Woman movie. And hmm. I do think, I, I'm curious what the women on the panel uh, uh, think. You know what? I'm going to ask you, you two instead of saying what I think about it. Um, is it you know? Is it an event? Is it what's your take on the Wonder Woman movie? And you know the first major female superhero like woman empowerment, all of the, these things. That's oh. false. <laughs> all right, uh, but <laughs> aliens. Mar- m- what? No, but superhero and current. I mean, anyway, Marlene. I'm just you busting your chops. I know. Um, 
Yeah, it, it hurts like hell to say, but I still haven't seen it. I really want to. Uh, <laughs> the, re- the release in, in Holland has actually been, I think, um, a little uh, later. Because I kept bugging my boyfriend. I think you mean the, ne- the Netherlands it. is what you meant. Oh, I'm so sorry. I obviously I meant the <laughs> Netherlands and not Holland because that's just a tiny part of our country. I'm so sorry. So in the Netherlands, <laughs> the movie was just uh, I think released for like a, a week or so because okay. I've been like bugging my boyfriend about wanting to go to the movies together. Uh, he also wants. That's not a problem. But <laughs> I, I kept nagging about it while it was still not being shown. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> But um, I'm really eager. The things I've heard are amazing. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I, you don't necessarily have to have seen it, but um, I was talking about the noise that was being being made around it. But uh, Wendy, do you have more of a take on it, or is it also not really something you care about? You know, I am planning to see it when I go to the states. It just came out in Sweden okay. a couple weeks ago, but I. Uh, it's like twenty five dollars to go to a movie here. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm a cheapskate. So I'm going to wait till it's, you know, nine bucks somewhere. But um, no, I'm excited to see it. I, I feel like, um, you know, recently I heard Sarah Silverman tell a joke. She said, you know, we got to stop telling girls they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up. Because you plant in their head the idea that maybe they couldn't have been whatever they wanted to be. Like you actually introduce the idea mm. of they're not good enough by saying you can do it. You can be whatever you want to be. Um, and I feel like there's a little bit of that with any step anyone takes with anything. It's just like amazing. The first woman to it's 2017 folks. Like how is this really the first that's ridiculous. And yeah, it kind of is though. I mean, in the, in the world of superhero movies, current, you know, the, the modern superhero movies with the wave of Marvel movies, it is the first yeah. female character that is not only... I mean, you'll tell me what you think when you see the movie, but she's... To put things objectively, she's a normal superhero, um, which I think is... is. I mean, I loved the movie. I thought it was... I want to take my mom, see the movie. <laughs> you know, she was fighting for her rights in the Middle East when she was very young. And that meant, you know, wearing jeans and not a dress at the time. Um, So I want, I want her to see that it's possible um, and that she can, you know, she she can be not, it's not about pride, but she can see that all of it has led to something and that, that we're still, on the way, but I mean, she's not Wonder Woman, and that thing is incredibly powerful and not sexualized. And uh, there's one thing which I loved was uh, a while ago there was a, a picture that circulated on the internet that was a girl for her birthday or whatever she wanted to be uh, Princess Thor, and I loved it. You know, <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah, <laughs> and she was a princess, and she was lovely and all of it, and she has Thor's hammer, and I think that's in the in the vein of what you were talking about with the Sarah Silverman joke. Right. Like I completely agree, but we're in the steps. And I think what the way sure. I look at it is we're now in the same way that people realized racism isn't over. People mm-hmm. are also realizing uh, uh, sexism isn't over, but for some reason, I think we're managing to progress a little bit faster on, um, on on the the long road of ending sexism 
than for racism. But this is, I think, symbolically, we were talking about symbols earlier. It's, I think it is a, a significant symbol. And it's the first one. We make a big deal about it. Hopefully, the second one, we won't make as big a deal about it. And the third one or the fourth one, it will become commonplace. But, uh, right. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And, and then people see themselves uh, in, in film. I think uh, it's exciting when um, pro minority-produced films are out and main characters. Uh, you know, I, I heard a joke once, like, is it possible to see a, a black man have sex in a movie that is not some caricature of something, but just a regular actor having a sex scene is not something you see. So if, and you know, oh, and tell me if I'm wrong, but when you never see yourself as a normal character having a normal interaction in a movie, it really distances you from the culture at large that literally thinks every actor, every historical anyone was a white guy who looked like Brad Pitt. Like, it, you don't see yourself as As a white guy places. who doesn't look like Brad Pitt, I have to say I feel very, very uh, uh, right. marginalized. But, uh, but there's, there's something... So look, and, uh, oh, and go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, uh, hold on. I'll, I'll get back to answer your question. I'm just going to hijack for one second. Um, <laughs> Leah, say hi. Hi. Can you hear her? Hi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, we watched Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Did you feel empowered by it? I don't know what that word means. <laughs> uh, did it make you feel strong? And did, did it make you think that girls could be strong and, and stuff? I already know that. True story. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yes. Secondly, uh, what do you want to be for Halloween? You don't know yet. Okay, so last year, this is a, just an example, and I'm going to get her out of here. We went and saw Deadpool, right? Yeah. What did you say after we walked out of Deadpool? What do you want to be for Halloween? Deadpool. Like Deadpool. And she was like, I wish there was a Deadpool girl. And I was like, oh, there is. There's Lady Deadpool. We went and got the comic book, and nine months later, she was Lady Deadpool for Good Halloween. For so, I mean, um, there, as far as the empowerment goes, like I said, that movie, to me, and the way I raised my daughter, it wasn't empowering at all. Her hair was flowing too much. It was too pretty and too much makeup, and everybody looked <laughs> like goddesses. So, I mean, yeah, that's just what every woman plans to be, a super beautiful eight-foot-tall Amazon. So, at the same time, when you're sitting there talking about the empowerment of women, it also degrades women at the same time. So, well, I mean, uh, all right, all right. Here just a second. It, it's superhero just for movies. Me. For men, it, it for is, men superheroes, they, I also don't look like the men in those movies. I mean, that's... But yeah, okay, I, I get you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying the general premise of when you want to overdo the lore of women and what it is. Yes, it's a superhero movie. First of all, it's fake and it's not real. Secondly, as far as representation goes, I don't really have that issue because I watch a lot of black films, so I Good. see black guys in power and stuff like that. And my daughter, we watch stuff. My friends call her Leah Farrakhan and Spike Leah. She's very into pro justice and equality. And as you heard her say on her own accord, she already assumes that women are strong. So that movie didn't really do anything for her. <laughs> It didn't even excite her enough to say, "I want to be Wonder Woman." You know what I mean? Because it's just it was an okay movie and i feel like we're making a much bigger deal out of it just like you said because there's not that many characters like that but when you watch yeah, moral things sure. scarlett johansson's character and all those iron men and avengers is the most she's a russian spy with no heart that keeps all these dudes in check like i mean <laughs> So yeah. the fact that we're like drooling over Wonder Woman, I'm like, there have been other women recently that have carried this torch. You know, now we're going to get uh, Black Panther and black people are just excited. We can go to Comic-Con and dress up like black people. That's that's the most exciting <laughs> thing about 
Black Panther. You know, you get a black director, black all this. I get it, but sometimes I feel like we overdo it because there there's such a starvation for it. Oh, and, that's the whole uh, point. Yeah, that's exact. I I agree. It's overdone. It's a little bit overdone. But the whole point is that because there was nothing before, or very little. I mean, yes, Scarlett Johansson. You know, the Black Widow. I, I can name is, other characters too, but I see what you're saying. I just. Yeah. And the movie wasn't that great to me uh, oh, in general. I, I thought it was. I, I I liked it. I saw it twice. I had to see it twice. Saw it for myself. <laughs> then I took the kid. So it's not like I didn't spend my money to go see it. Um, but okay, it, again, it, I, I'm just like I said. I'm different. I think differently. I, my daughter has been raised to be a beast from birth, and she's uh, <laughs> MMA. She's a purple belt. She's been doing martial arts. She was four. She plays every sport. Like Lord knows. No one's going to take anything from her. She's going to give it to people, and that's my mentality. You, you are, you are a first-class citizen in my eyes, and hopefully in her own eyes. And so I just think a little differently on those things. See, no, that's awesome. And I, what I yeah. want is I want my skinny-ass white kids to watch movies about regular black people because it's in the theater. It is an option. Yeah. It is not. I don't have to search down through the internet to try to do that exposure. That's what I want. And and shows about women where they are not sexualized. That they're not. If they're smart in the film, they're not also ready to flip off their glasses and wear a short skirt. Like, just more goodness, more well-rounded. That's what I want. So I have yeah. that, like, okay, here's a step. But then I find out she only made $300,000 to make that movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's, my, yeah. that's my point about, again, when, how I just, when I hear that, I instantly break it down in reality of things. These women are nine feet tall. These women are all gorgeous. Her <laughs> hair's flowing every 30 seconds of the movie. Like, they literally just put a fan in front of her face. She's walking through town. Her hair's just flowing. They would never do that to a dude. And, yes, dudes are highly – I'll never look like Thor except in my dreams and in somebody else's dreams. But at the same time, I understand You look like Thor that. in my dreams. And that's what you know. That's right. Black Hammer. You sound right now. like you could, you could be Thor. So I have no image. I can completely go with you. Hey. Exactly. So, I mean, but, and it's different because, so boys aren't taught to have that quote unquote shame. At, at yeah. some point, I was a thin kid, then I was a fat kid. I didn't cry when I watched He Man and thought, oh, I'm never going to be that way because it's just, hey, that guy's got a six pack. But women, it's like, oh, you don't have large breasts and you don't have blonde hair. You're worthless. So that's what I mean about just not even acknowledging that when I break down the, the, that, that movie because I still see everything that's wrong with it. As so, much as I know what's right with it, I know what's wrong with it also. I, I completely agree, and I long for it's that start, future when... Yeah, exactly. I think just like the, the people in my country in France saying, oh, we need the entire government to be clean immediately, and look at this, like we still have this scandal and this thing that is questionable and this thing that is morally reprehensible but not quite illegal, and like... And my answer to them is like, yes, I agree, but it's a process and we need to get there step by step. And I, I really think that the the saying, oh, but you know, the the in this case, she has hair flowing everywhere. And like, yeah, of course, it's not, it's not, it, but we need to go through the steps in order to get to that future where raising a little girl to be a normal human being with the same rights and expectations as everyone is not going to be something to be uh, uh, celebrated, but, but something, yeah, yeah exactly, not worth well, noting. And I think we're, well, it's in, encouraging for me to see Wonder Woman because I think it means, to me at least, it, it means we're on that road. So that's why I, I like it. But. And full circle, again, as quote yourself, you are a white man. So you are at the highest archive of privilege. So, and yeah. you're a good white man. So you think, <laughs> oh, this is great. Well, thank you, 
women and minorities think, oh, cookies, you're pandering it a little bit. We appreciate it because we know better. We know the systemic. We know how deep it goes. So seeing this cookie on top of the cake, we're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool story. But at the end of the day, I still I know what could be better. And even though I appreciate even the way you started it, you characterize it as a superhero female character. It degrades the fact that other large characters by women have been played so we nitpick and put it no, down in this little not, genre. okay i'll not let you, it go but I'm it's not yeah i'm not saying you i'm talking about the media in general that's how it's been characterized uh, this is the first female car- because they want to put it in this box to make it bigger than it is when really it's another female character we've been long overdue for ones that we've had in the past this isn't the first one but when we finite it again at the same time with the sarah summer thing it makes one feel like oh well, we've never had a female leak yes we have we need to celebrate yeah, but- them more as, as opposed right. to finite them down to celebrate I, them like i said i think i think the two men in this conversation talked way too much but we saw the movie they didn't see it that's how much that's true. That's it did. true. That they didn't true. even get them to go see it <laughs> what are you doing you're not you're not playing your part for female dumb in the world <laughs> we're not representing oh my no but shame i mean maybe shame, it does mean shame, something you shame. didn't you didn't run i do to understand see it, both i i really understand because i i re- i'm i'm with patrick in the idea that i'm glad that we have this movie and i'm glad I'm mostly glad that it did so well in the box office. Yes. Because yeah. what it, that to me shows that finally, because, you know, there are many, many things uh, where the reaction has always been, well, if there would have been a market for it, it would have been made. Well, at yes. least that ridiculous excuse, that is out of the way. So in that way, I'm glad. I think in that way, it did teach us something uh, new or at least a lesson that had not been heard enough. L- let me put it that way. But I also understand that in the end, yes, movies are like shape a lot of how we I mean, in in our Western world, where where we have all this access to movies and where where all these movies are such a big part of how we build our world, the world in our minds. I understand that it's it's really valuable, but I also understand that there it's so much more. And I've I've um, when I hear hear you, Owen, and I <laughs> when I hear your uh, your daughter talk, uh, it reminds me. For years, I've been like really frustrated about all these like major um, outbursts of sexism or racism, whatever, uh, on like on this entire chart. Um, and it always makes me feel incredibly like powerless because like the, the guys around me don't act that way. Um, so instead of just complaining, what I've tried to do over the past year is... Um, is like have my boyfriend and my dad and my brother read pieces, like articles online that I felt expressed how as a woman, I as a white woman, I experienced this world. And to point them out that there is not one day when I leave the house, there's not one day that there's no single, that, that, that there's like none, uh, no incident of sexism occurs in my personal life. And I've tried to explain it to me and give them examples. And what I see now is that because I show them this is what happens, and it's not just the big things, it's especially the tiny, tiny things that happen like throughout the day. What I notice now is that my boyfriend like came up to me and told me like, hey, I'm like in our, uh, in our MT at my company. Um, he works at like a tech uh, consultancy firm. Um, uh, he says, you know, I want to show this article to my colleagues because I want, I want to 
help them understand what it's like. And I cannot speak from my own experience, but this article helped me. So let me share. I notice now that when, uh, like when he comes home, he will sometimes say, you know, I heard this colleague or I heard this guy at the gym say this. And then I, I decided, you know, that's not okay. Let me say something about that. So what I noticed is that um, next from just being annoyed and frustrated by all these big events that I indeed cannot change and for which I'm really grateful that we now have a movie like Wonder Woman and it shows there's a market for this. So please, let's make more because it's a good way to make money. Um, but also try to put that frustration, like, um, like give it a place where it actually does help, especially because the guys in my, my personal life uh, aren't like that. That means that they all have colleagues whom they can speak to, uh, to address. So I think it's both ways because I, oh, and I think you're completely right. In the end, it's about what we teach our daughters. And that means they need to hear and see like all the opportunities that they have instead of it being like some sort of special moment that we now have a one movie. And and shout out to Robert Downey Jr. on the Avengers, the second movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was the lowest paid and he refused to do the movie or sign a contract until she was paid equally with uh, the other male counterparts. Indeed. And so... Uh, things like that do matter at the end of the day, too, because, you know, oh, great. She does so much for women. And then at the back end, they're not getting paid the same. and They're still getting treated a certain way. So it's superficial to me. And I, Patrick, like I said, I, I fully understand. I just always give the opposite view. But I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree in general. It's just, I can't. And I, want, I want to just fuse what Owen and Marlene said about, you know, her, her comment about teaching girls. Absolutely. I'm the mother of three boys. And I'll tell you. Three oh, white yeah. boys. Like, my husband and I are ugly white people. My boy is a <laughs> handsome white boy. So every privilege is on its way down his <laughs> doorstep, right? And so we have lots of cool conversations. But what is so amazing, and your daughter's a great example of this, is this crap is taught and shown to them over time, which means yeah. the opposite is true. And my kid comes home the other day and starts to talk to me about why girls dyeing their hair or trying to look a certain way and he's trying to understand it and we go into well let's talk about what society tells them let's talk about what boys demand or at least in their mind so what are you what are you going to proactively do about it so we went to this girl who dyed her hair and just said i think you're really great as a person and kind of just gave a like hey i have another thought here or Uh or he found out his favorite music is that annoying edm whatever (laughs) and he said to me mom why can't i find any female artists And I said, that's a great question. Why don't you figure that out? So he searched and searched. He found a bunch. He loves them. He's paying for their music. He's promoting them to other people because it's, it's the seeds are there. And uh, yeah, children are the future. There we go. Yeah. Thanks, Wendy. You're totally right. It's about teaching all of them. (laughs) Thank you. Um, All right. Um, I think we're going to slowly get closer to the end of the show. But uh, Marlene, we did mention a little bit the fact that you don't have a, a, a government yet. Is there? Uh, do you want to talk about what's happening in the Netherlands? Um, <laughs> in the Netherlands, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that or something else? <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so we had elections in March. I'll make it super, super quick. We had elections halfway through March. Uh, and um, like there were quite some big shifts. As I said, the political center has been completely, um, has completely vanished. We have um, a much bigger uh, parties on the right and on the left. But especially we have like sort of the like the fringe parties have especially gotten bigger. So the ex we have all like we have moved to the extremes on all accounts. So uh, um, because we have a representative democracy, which is like we don't have a winner takes all system. So we count all the votes in our tiny country. And then uh, uh, we divide the, the total number of votes cast. We uh, divide that. To the, uh, through 150, which is the number of seats in our uh, parliament. And that means that, so if you uh, have, for one seat, you need X number of votes. Um, so it's entirely not, proportional. It's not it, like by region and... Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. entirely, thank you, that's the correct word. It's entirely proportional. Uh, so last time I was on, I forgot to mention that there's this beautiful infographic of what's the difference if we if we would have like the winner takes all system per province, which is sort of like well, <laughs> on average, I mean, it, it, in a really general way, you could say like America has its states and we have like provinces, which are like the second level of uh, of government, uh, and how that would change um, how the parties are divided. If we would have had like uh, uh, the per province like, sort of American uh, system, we would have only three parties. Um, uh, and uh, we now have, let me count, 13 parties. So that's wow. quite a difference. Okay. <laughs> um, and that means that, so with 13 parties divided over 150 seats, that means that you need to get at least 76 people in agreement. Normally, that used to be two parties, maybe three parties. Especially, uh, I think, since the Second World War, it has mostly been a combination of three parties. But right now, there is not even one combination of three parties that uh, would work, except if you would work with uh, the party uh, run by Geert Wilders, which is the most extreme uh, right uh, party. Uh, also, somebody who's very famous um, <clears throat> uh, across our borders is definitely not one of our most like proudest export products. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Um, so, and, and basically every party has said, we will not work with him. So because of that, you need at least four parties now to form a coalition. Um, the one that was sort of everybody expected we would end up with, uh, they've tried like all these talks, it didn't work out. Then they had a new, um, informateur, as we said. So it, it, the person who's like, who's in charge of the negotiations between all those parties, like the sort of the dude who sits at the uh, also the first time it was a woman. So the either the lady or the man uh, who runs these talks. Uh, we have a new one of those now because the first one uh, wasn't able to find a good match. And so it's been I four think, months. Oh, yeah. So we've only just now broken like the average time it takes for us to form a coalition. So really, we have plenty of time left. Okay. No problem. Oh, so that's not that uncommon. It feels to me like you're saying it's the apocalypse, but well, it, it is. It, oh. Well, sort of it is because because normally we would now say yes, yeah, either going to be this coalition or that coalition, and they just need to like figure out like sort of the, the like the, the little details, things, right. the tiny de details, and all that. Right now, people are saying we have no idea if if this is even going to work ever. 
So and how? Let me ask you, what's what's the feeling then about because when you came on the show uh, after the election and you mm -hmm. said uh, the far right had been, uh, you know, uh, pushed back a little bit and didn't yeah. take it all, you felt really good about the election because it was moderate. Do yeah. you? I mean, I'm guessing you're not regretting what happened, but how does the country feel about the election? Oh, yeah. So see, this is my time, my turn to say I do not represent everybody who lives in the Netherlands, not even everybody who lives in Holland. Can you imagine that? So that um, I think I think many people are sort of because all of the commentators are just saying, well, we don't know either. There's not I, I have a feeling there's not a lot of sort of hysteria on like, oh, they should go this way, they should go that way, or it's it's crazy. Everybody's like, yeah, that's a really complicated puzzle. Good luck on so that. So you're meaning there's no inflammatory comments or politicizing of this whole thing? Uh, are people being reasonable? No, I think people are just waiting. And and they'll just, they'll just wait and see. Right, they'll but that seems like a reasonable, somewhat reasonable approach. I'm sure in some other countries... Looking, looking westward, you know that that would become like the incompetence of whoever and the scandalous whatever of whoever. Like, there's no inflaming the situation, is what I'm understanding from what well, you're saying. Well, uh, well, I mean, of course, there are some talks like that, but but to to as far as I I've read them, they are really rather uh, uh, moderate and the. And that is because we we have always been a nation of uh, um, a country of of coalition government. So we know that there is honestly no use in like making a big huff about it, because that will only like uh, um, lessen your chances of actually becoming part of of the government. Because mm. all you can do is be like really mean about those parties that you might need to make a deal with, and that's really difficult. So there is a, there actually there's one big party, so Geert Wilders party the PVV and like a new party who is also uh, on the extreme right, but who only has two seats out of 150. So, uh, so we don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they are, they keep making a big half about it because that's what they do. They're not interested at all in being part of a coalition because mm. that would mean they need to make compromises. And they know very, very well that that will never like pay off for them politically. Okay. So not, yeah, not only sense. do others not want to work with them, but it also doesn't make any political sense for themselves to do that. However, mm. they, they together, they take up so many seats that the puzzle is really, really difficult. And I was indeed really optimistic because that, that formation, that coalition of four parties that has now twice officially sort of fallen apart, I was really hoping, really praying that that would be it. <laughs> And But, uh, I'm, yeah, so so yeah. now that is off the table. I am seriously worried. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure we'll keep following that uh, that amazing TV show of a of an election in the next few months. I'll, um, uh, I'll make sure to retweet the um, retweet the uh, the image of like how the the type of voting system, like what the effect of that is on. Uh, Uh, on the on the government. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Tweet um, it at me. I'll I'll retweet it as well. Yeah, because it because cool. it's it's really mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. I I mean that's the problem we're having in France, which we we have no uh represent uh, proportional representation, and I think the answer lies in the middle. Because if you want to have a country yeah. that is governable, you need to have some 
unity, uh, but also you need to have... So what we hopefully will have is a mix between the two. Um, all right. I think that brings us to the close of this very long episode. I want to thank all three of you for being on the show. Um, let me ask each of you to tell me where we can find you uh, on the internet. Wendy, is it still Instagram? Yeah, I, I can't get sucked into that other stuff. Uh, Wendy, <laughs> W-E-N-D-I, Dunford, D-U-N-F-O-R-D on Instagram. And then you can find me on therapythursdays.com as well. On therapythursdays.com. Thursdays with an S, yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Wendy. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Marlene, what about yourself? Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm also, I didn't get to get to say it, but I'm incredibly, uh, honored to be on the show with Wendy because I've heard her at therapy Thursday, uh, talks, uh, on Scott's show a lot. And, uh, you always <laughs> made sense of the American soul to me. So thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice to meet you. And I'm very glad I met Owen because, um, uh, I'll, I, from now on, when I don't know an answer, I'll just say America. Exactly. And uh, I, I can live with that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you can find me uh, on Twitter. I am at Monxies, uh, and that's spelled M-O-N-X-I-E-S, I think, if I got my yeah, English it, it will be in the show notes anyway, so yeah. you don't have to. And, um, so, um, and I'd love to hear from people, because uh, last time I was on, uh, I had some really lovely conversations afterwards with uh, listeners, so glad to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, the listeners are lovely people on this show. They are, yeah. <laughs> um, Owen, what about yourself, good sir? Uh, first of all, I'd like to get a verbal confirmation from you, Patrick, that you will join me on my podcast. It's called Doc Tales, where we interview people. So since I did your show twice, I figured you had to pay me back. So can I get a yes on that? Just go uh, say yes real quick. It is not just a yes. It is an emphatic and enthusiastic yes. Yes, and you can find those things at iqmz.com. I'm on the internet uh, as odoctor on everything, and if if I'm not there, then it's not available because nobody wants to steal my name because I'm crazy, so I can just <laughs> leave stuff floating out there without taking it. Uh, appreciate the show. Uh, lovely to be surrounded by lovely ladies. I don't know if you notice this, but I love women. I love listening to women. I love thinking <laughs> and, and, and thinking about women, everything about women. So being on a show with two women is exciting for moi. And I uh, got to sneak my daughter in. So that's three women on the show. I think we broke a record. So uh, I'm super excited and thankful to be here. I appreciate it. And uh, your fans are great because I got some nice emails too from people telling me that I sound smart. I love when people lie to me on the internet. It makes me feel good about myself. And oh, and I have to say, I have not missed Americans until talking to you. Oh, I've kind of forgotten. I've forgotten hey, hey, stuff hey, a little hey, bit. Hey, don't so forget you're you. married out there, okay? I know you got two lovely children. Remember, I'm we're ugly white this, people. You're fine. This, this kind of, hey, hey, I can give your kid all year round 10. That's one thing I'm offering, you know, if you're looking for a third. You know what I mean? But uh, I appreciate it. All right, cool. Thank you very much to all three of you. Um, if the lovely uh, listening audience uh, wants to support this year show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. A number of you guys and gals uh, do that already. But if you think that this show uh, does 
something right uh, brings you a little something uh, to your daily life and, and intellectual life, then uh, maybe you would consider uh, giving away one or a couple of your hard-earned dollars at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. Um, you can also go to iTunes and leave a review, just like Coco22 from the UK of Great Britain and Northern Ireland did. He said, critical listening. This podcast is where politics need to be. We need to have people talking more openly and with the freedom that uh, they do on this podcast. This is critical listening for anyone who has even the mildest interest in politics. Uh, thank you very much, Coco22. We do try to uh, provide a variety of opinions. Um, I don't say all opinions are represented because I'm not sure, you know, sometimes you go too too much to the extreme and it's just... Uh, uh, listening to all people for the sake of it. But if you listen to the show, you know that we have not just a bunch of liberal, bleeding heart liberals like we, we are on this episode. Um, and, you know, the, the show, I think, uh, works in that way. So if you think so as well, as I said, patreon.com slash The Phileas Club. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can find this show at frenchspin.com if you want to go comment about what we said and what we discussed. If you have uh, different opinions and uh, you want to come and have a discussion, you can do so there. We're very happy you listened, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks, probably for a special, and if not, in a month for a regular episode. Talk to you then. Bye. And Marlene, thank you for not telling me you listened to me before, because I, I would have been too nervous. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling, because I've listened to you that much that I figured that out. <laughs> she doesn't like to know that anyone knows her voice. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I appreciate yeah. you holding that back. So thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined your, thund your uh, Wonder Woman thunder. I heard it in your voice. You're like, Owen. But the love of women, I know. But. <laughs> no, I think I think it was perfect. And you know what? That that was with with the the inclusion of your daughter. You, yeah, you're that was completely amazing. Legitimate, more ten times more legitimate to talk about this than me. So you know, yeah. like the 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 actual women on the show are probably twenty times more legitimate. Yeah. Uh, and you're ten well, times. Once we've so. seen it, once we've seen it. And that was the worst thing. I wanted her to be more excited about it, and she was just like, okay. Like, Like, yeah, because, again, the same things I saw, she saw, too, because she just she's educated in the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. And I've seen her way more hype about, like I said, like Scarlett Johansson or other things than this movie, which was just sent around women. She's just like, eh. you I'm know, like, I do think I, I don't know that it's going to be the case, but I really think that this is one of the things where a generational shift is going to yeah. fix a lot of these things. And yes. when we are grand parents and we talk about these things and you know our generation says stupid stuff that our, our children and our grandchildren's generation is going to look at us and think you know oh you know that's just grandpa he says weird stuff sometimes you know like th th like we sometimes listen to our grandparents and go like ah or weird racist uncle al or whatever it's yeah. like yeah it's a different generation they're all yeah. they're all called al though Yeah, I'm it's weird, yeah, right? True. It's yeah. strange. And they're you, you always think at that... my Thanksgiving dinner for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
know, all that stuff just takes time. By the time yeah. we're old, there are going to be so many transgender, poly, he, she, they, he's that people <laughs> are just going to have to be more accepting of everything. Like I tell people all the time, I like so. it, it just takes time for that old regiment to die out so yeah. they can't yeah. influence as much as they do. Yeah. So. Well, either way, yeah. I, I really want to hear from uh, Wendy and Marlene what they thought about uh, Wonder Woman and like completely honest opinions. If you thought it wasn't that big a deal, I'll be crushed. But, you know, I'll, I want to know. <laughs> so please let me know when you when you've seen it. All right. I, I'll do it in America where it's affordable and then I will let you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. $27 is a lot. That's like New York money. Is it I'm really right. $25? In my I tiny mean, little town, it's uh, so yeah, crazy. a brand new movie. So if you wait a little while, it gets a little cheaper. But because yeah. even here in, in in Finland, it's you know fifteen and yeah, it's yeah. it's around fifteen euros here too. Yeah, wow, yeah. America is twelve dollars, and then we have five dollar Tuesdays. If you wait till Tuesday, the movie's only five bucks. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. that. Here's the thing. I want them to make money for a woman's film, but look at me. How do I do this the cheapest way possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. America. 